0: Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. I'm Larry Howes, thanks for joining me. Quick update with some of the numbers. Manufacturing numbers still look good. Oil is in the low 50s. I think the only issue in all of these statistics that we take a peek at is inflation, as predicted, isn't really holding. I think that's going to be an issue when we talk about how the Federal Reserve is going to raise or not raise their rates. Wednesday the 19th, the Fed is probably going to announce that they raised Fed funds rate from two and a quarter to two and a half. I'm projecting on the outside that 3% would be the absolute max, and I think there's a relatively small chance they're going to get there. They may raise one more time in 2019 very little chance they'll raise twice. They're much closer to being done than they are starting. Now, I think that's had an impact a little bit on the mortgage market. You see down at the bottom how the market has changed and increased a little bit, not very dramatic. I don't think we're gonna see mortgages in the sixes. We're gonna see mortgages in the fives. I think the Long-term outlook for mortgage market as a whole is starting to creep back down. Inflation is not holding, it is going to slowly dissipate. Oil is back in the very low 50s, it's going to drive that market down. Everything in the manufacturing side, hours worked a week, new production, technological spending and improvements is all slowing. Not going into negative numbers, the growth is slowing, which is exactly what the Federal Reserve planned and is doing. It's not for lack of money. These are the deposits in all the FDIC institutions in the United States. Well, time and demand deposits, a little over 12 trillion, lots of money in the system. You notice here that banks have assets almost 40% of global assets are held by banks. Now a loan is an asset to a bank. There's also these shadow banking business that has been, it was a big issue during the recession in 2008, but it's also been an interesting growth phenomenon since then. The shadow banking industry has almost 30% of all the global assets. There again, it's loans, it's debt and they aren't banks. That's private equity, that's private debt, that's private lending, or investing in other companies' stock because they want to. It's not regulated, but there certainly is a lot of money in the system. Now, this scary, ugly chart is basically the only graphic representation I could find that will display the difference between 2006 and 2018. 2006 there, $1.9 trillion of corporate debt issuance, and the lighter the color blue, the higher the quality. There was still AAA corporate debt being issued in 2006, government debt, a lot of things. Look over here at 2018, $166 billion. The darker the color, the lower quality, and the biggest issue there, Mexican oil. Even a quasi-governmental agency hardly made investment grade. Corporate America doesn't need cash. They don't need to follow through basic lending standards or issuing debt. The people that are out selling bonds looking for money right now need it more than those that have lots of cash and very high credit. Now, somebody asked me a while ago how much debt is there out in the world. Well. It's $184 trillion globally. That was 2017. That's $86,000 for every person on the planet. More than twice the average global per capita income. I don't say that to worry you. It's not something you can worry about or should worry about. Some of that is going to be paid back. Some of that is not. Every time you put a deposit in a bank and they pay you interest, Well, that interest comes from them lending that money out at a higher interest rate. They pay you two, they lend it at five. Governments have taxpayers pay their interest. It just goes on and on and on. Now, this is the ECU, the European Central Bank. They have been stimulating their economy with their own quantitative easing program for the last several years. Here's kind of a graphic representation. They're done. Drago, I should say Chairman Drago, decided the European economy is doing fine. We don't need to keep issuing debt to put liquidity in the system. Well, okay, he didn't say that they're getting a diminishing return because their rates are so low anyway, but this is where they stopped. They got about $4.6 trillion in debt. That's more than the Federal Reserve did, stimulating the U.S. economy. It's the scale of a different problem. Some of that is here. Now, immigrant situation in Europe is a big deal. The purple is basically Syrian immigrants. And as you can see, there's about four million of them just in Turkey. And then Lebanon, Iraq, a lot of Syrians. Well, they're in the middle of a bloodbath. Germany has a lot of Syrians. They've been absorbed into the workforce. That was the idea in the first place. France, England, a big issue with the whole Brexit was, gee, do we have to take your immigrants? Sweden has a lot of immigrants, a lot of Syrian immigrants. Well, I'd like to think that they'd buy a sweater before they show up in Stockholm, but that's neither here nor there. What's happening now is, you read about the yellow vests in Paris protesting an increase in the fuel tax. Well, if you notice at the top of the list here, of percentage of GDP taxpayers. France exceeds Denmark and Sweden, true out of the box socialist countries. France in many ways is worse. Macron added this fuel tax under the guise of, G, make fuel more expensive, people will drive less, our carbon dioxide numbers will look better per the Paris accord. Didn't go over very well with the consumers and those that make a living using fuel. They pay a huge rate. Any increase in taxes comes right out of their lifestyle. United States is down here in the bottom third. The other side here is Brexit. Why they decided to leave, it just goes on and on and on. Whether they're going to have another referendum doesn't mean anything either. A year ago, we talked about how important Ireland was going to be in these discussions, and it has cropped up again. Northern Ireland is looking like they're going to have a hard border with the rest of Ireland, the Republic of Ireland. When I say a hard border, I'm not talking about a brick wall, Berlin kind of thing, or Constantino wire, but it's going to have to be passports, different currencies, border checks, customs. When they leave the EU, the UK is a different sovereign nation. The Republic of Ireland is staying in the EU. In fact, they have negotiated quite a sweet deal. Amazingly enough, people still do negotiate things for their best interests. Unfortunately, one of the other downsides for the UK is it's not going to take the Irish in Northern Ireland very long to think, are we better off remaining Irish or should we stay in the UK? Only time will tell, but there's a pretty good chance that Northern Ireland will decide maybe we're better off with our brethren to the south. And it's also a huge issue for right across the Irish Sea there. Scotland has had the same questions. Unfortunately, it looks like whoever the prime minister will be, maybe it's May, will be presiding over the ultimate long-term economic decline of England and breaking apart of the very last of the old empire because they will go on their separate way. China, tariffs. A little over a billion has been collected in actual tariff fees so far. Most of that is electronics coming from China for the Christmas season. Getting ahead of the tariff. Well, a billion dollars goes right into the coffers, which is fine. It is starting to have a tiny bit of impact on where that stuff is coming from. Part of the deal with China. The fundamental problems in China, we could spend an hour on, but this is a fairly good graphic representation. The blue on the bottom is the United States. You notice in the last two and a half, three years, it has been climbing steadily. The white on the top is China, however, and through their glory years, the last 15, 18 years of how they brought that economy around from a third world to almost a first world country, it has slowed a lot. Their manufacturing is not going to recover in the near future. The structural problems inside China, even more, are coming to the surface. It's too bad, it's just going to be the nature of the beast. Now, what we have here is the U.S. economy doing better than everybody else in the world. There's not a recession in the foreseeable future. We'll probably have an equity rally sometime in 2019 there's a 50-50 chance we already had our bond rally as the Federal Reserve is closer to stopping than they are to not. So the bond market reacts. I think that's fine. Things look well. And uh, as we start into this part of the holiday season, I probably won't see you again till about 14th of January. And uh, if you have any questions at all, I'm happy to address them. So. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you in early January.